How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For Cordishy and Coit, call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7 WEI. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. Scott Cordishi, Nick Coit here in Providence, Rhode Island. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Scott. How you feeling? Uh, all right after a short <laughs> night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I said to Scott, I'm like, I heard the alarm this morning. And I went, no. Uh, That's what I was feeling. But you know what? It was a, uh, boy, was that fun last night or what? It was a lot of fun last night. We'll get to that. Let's welcome in Joey P. Joe Passarelli up in our Worcester studio. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. Up to some shamrock shenanigans, as I heard you talk about uh, yes. the previous segment there, bud. Yes, Joe. Joe, you'll have to pardon Joe. If he's not quite fully attentive to our show, he is preparing to co-host Passarelli in Kitchen. Oh, that's right. 11 right. coming that, up after this show. So wow. if he treats this show as just kind of like a secondary thing, don't blame Joe. You know, Scotty, see, I, 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 I'm locked in, my friend. Don't worry about that. I, I Passarelli and Kitchen. That sounds like a show that should be in some sort of Italian city somewhere yeah. broadcasting. On Federal country. Hill. Hey, it's Passarelli and Kitchen over here, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. That is... That is nice. So we've got that to listen to from 9 to 11. But It'll first, se- season your palate with sports sticks. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. A little seasoning in the kitchen with Passarelli. What, with is, what, what is Ben's Nash Kitchen? What is that name? I, I don't know. I'm going to have to that's ask a, him. Yeah. That's do, you know, do you know what nationality that is, Joe? That's an excellent question. I'll uh, pick his brain and find out today. Okay. okay. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that answer. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's really, holding their really. breath out there in Radio Land. <laughs> All right, so uh, Nick, you, you you said what a night it was here at Brown last night. It really was. I mean, this this was a team that just a few weeks ago lost at home by a pretty significant margin to the Columbia Lions, and it looked like they were dead in the water. It looked like their season was all but over with, not mathematically, but realistically. And somehow, some way, Mike Martin has gotten this team to pick itself up off the mat. They're now riding a four-game win streak. They've won four of their last five. Really, they, they could Should be riding five. a five-game win streak. Yeah. I mean, they played really well in Princeton. Um, you know, I, I kind of have an idea. I mean, obviously, he changed the starting lineup, right? Yep. You know, he added guys like A.J. Lesbert and Lindell Errol, and you can't underestimate what their additions have meant to the starting lineup. But I think it was more of an attitude change on the entire team's part, not just the players but the coaches as well. Mm-hmm. And that is, hey, look, let's stop making excuses Let's worry about the things we can control and not worry about the things we can't, right? Mm -hmm. Officials are going to make bad calls. Officials are going to miss a call. 
I can't complain about those as a head coach. You guys don't worry about them as players. Let's control the things we can control. And they kind of came together as a team, and they've been kind of working with that mindset. And, boy, it's 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 made a difference. And, you know, Mike, I, I heard him say this in his press conference two days ago, too. It's like, you know, we want to be the hardest-playing team, you know, on the court. And, and, and they've been that the yeah. last five games. I, I think the the lineup additions though and and the and the changes have really helped. I mean that that is, and it's and for a coaching staff this late in the season to make those changes, uh, I thought our Billy, buddy Bill Koch asked some good questions just about like how does the locker room receive that you know because it doesn't matter when it's in the season like you've been used to something guys have been getting their minutes whatever, it can go either way either you make those changes they don't work out and you know guys are soured on it. Or guys embrace it. Guys say, you know what, we got to do this because it's what's best for the team, and you know, it, and if it works out, it's going to work out well for us. And and to the credit of of the players here, they have they have embraced it, they have accepted it, and they have uh, obviously you know made the most of it because yeah. you know what they've done has really turned around their season here the last three weeks. Yeah, and and. And you're right about that. And, and also, when you look at adding a guy like Lespert to the starting lineup with a guy like Kimo Ferrari getting more minutes, mm-hmm. now you've got two additional outside shooters that can take a little pressure off of Kino Lilly. Big time. Because defenses are still trying to lock him down. And defenses, for the most part, I don't want to say they have been. He still gets his, but he has to work to get his. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he hasn't had a lot of efficient shooting nights uh, thus far lately. But Ferrari can knock down the three. Lespert can knock down the three. So what that does is that kind of opens things up for the big guys like Nana and Kalu, who's the Ivy League player of the week for his performance last week at Columbia and Cornell. So all of a sudden this Brown team, which, I get again, appeared dead in the water just a few weeks ago, is now standing in fourth place alone in the Ivy League. And the significance of that, of, that, of course, is the Ivy League is the only conference that invites its top four teams to the postseason tournament with a chance to, you know, win two games and get to the NCAA tournament. And right now, they're in position to be that fourth team. Uh, There's still two games to play. The scenario for the Bears is pretty simple. And this is why maybe you want to get over here tonight. I'm I'm assuming there's still tickets available. They win tonight, and they're in. They win tonight. They beat Dartmouth, who's the last place team in the league, on their home floor. They are in Ivy Madness. This place is going to go crazy. These students are going to go crazy. These, this team's going to go crazy. They storm the court again. I know. They did it last <laughs> night. Uh, and you know what? The only time I think I saw a, a, a mild storm in the court, my son brought this up, was when Zach Hunsaker hit a last-second shot here. Um, yeah, but, but that but it not wasn't to, the Not same. to that extent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So winning their end, that's the easiest way. The other thing is if Harvard loses at Yale, which is likely to happen. Yale is tied yeah. for first in the league, and they're just a better team than – Harvard and most teams in the league, and so if if Harvard loses that game, the Bears are in as well. So, it's it, with two games to play, it's looking pretty good for Brown to to lock up that fourth spot and their first ever appearance in Ivy Madness. And last night was just so much fun. The way that it happened, um, you know, obviously, you know, Brown's up as much as what seventeen, seventeen with eleven and, minutes to go, and, and change. they give away the lead. They're down three in the final seconds. Keno Lilly Jr. hits a three, sends it to overtime, and then A.J. Lesbert gets poked in the eye, but then he hits a three to put them ahead in overtime. He covers one of his eyes in celebration. Ah, I saw that video uh, where you joined him in the eye covering. Uh... That's So that's the context. Now, 
Uh, again, the the uh, I told Scott before the show the college basketball no context yep. uh, Twitter account yep. uh, put out a, a still shot of it, so people saw it, but they didn't know the context. The context is he got poked in the eye early in overtime, kind of battled through it, and then hit the three, and that's why he was covering his eye. So that was the celebration, and it, I loved it. I think it's it's everything that you want. March basketball. Nick, Nick I thought you guys were just trying to be pirates or something. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah right. I, I told Nick after the game he should have used but the I Jerry Seinfeld. But I want to be a pirate. <laughs> nice, there it is. <laughs> Would have been great if you had the puffy shirt on. <laughs> yeah, well, my friend's girlfriend, she's uh, she's a quiet talker there, so you know. Oh it, man! Oh, wow, threefer, nice. That's great. No, so, I, yeah. So it was it, that was. That's what March is all, all about last night. Um, really, really fun atmosphere, really fun environment here. and Should be the um, same tonight. Just about to say, it yeah. should be the same tonight, and it should be a really good one today at Amica Mutual uh, Pavilion. Oh, okay, so let's get to that because I really wanted to get into that today too. The Providence Friars at noontime host of Lenovo Wildcats. The game will be televised on Fox. Nick, I, I'm, I'm going to call this a must-win for the Friars, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because right now, obviously, there are three locks, probably four if you include Seton Hall out of the Big East, to get to the NCAA tournament. After that, it's very murky. There's a lot of bubble teams, of which Providence, Providence and Villanova are two. Yep. When it comes down to it, when the selection committee says, you know, yeah, we're going to take five, we're going to take six in the Big East, they're going to look at different things to break ties. And one of those things they're going to look at, how do these two teams fare against each other during the regular season? Mm -hmm. If the Wildcats come here and win today, they sweep the Friars. And they don't just sweep them. They thump them down in Philadelphia. They're going to look at that and say, well, if we're deciding between Villanova and Providence, I think i got to give the edge to the Wildcats. This is a must win for the Friars today. Got to win this game. You know, again, not saying they can't go to New York and make a deep run in the tournament or win the Big East tournament and, and get in that way. But realistically, if you're looking at an at-large bid, you got to find a way to win this game today. This is a play-in game today. Yeah. This is a play-in game to the tournament yeah. today. Because if you win this game, Scott, then the landmine that's left, next week you got two games. The landmine at Georgetown. It's a landmine. You should win the game. But, if, again, you want to avoid it. Yep. And then, you know, you would if you were to lose today, you would have to win the game at home next week, I think, against UConn. Right. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, so it, it realistically, when we looked at the final four games in the schedule, you said, okay, at Marquette's going to be really tough, but home against Villanova road against Georgetown. Those are two games that are gettable for you that you should be able to get. And you know, the UConn game, you take your best shot, but realistically, you know, we'll see. They're one of the top teams in the nation, if not the top team. So if you win these two games, right, the two you're supposed to win and lose to UConn, yep, you go to New York. You probably got to win one. That's it, right? I, I would think. I, I would. I would too. Yeah, because you're 11 and nine in the league. You win a game down in New York, which could be six eleven, but it could be four five. Like, and even if it is four five, that probably means you're playing Seton Hall. So that's a tough game either way. Yep. If you were to win that game, that really boosts your resume. But the Friars have a strong resume, and they have a strong case. But this is huge because Villanova has been trending upward, and they've been building their case recently, the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, this is this is a playing game. It's a playing game. Uh, Friars have it on their home floor. Want to bounce back from what happened at Marquette. Marquette just blitzed them. It's one of those nights I think that just happens. Um, yeah, that was a rough one. It was rough, but I, you know, I'm not totally, I'm not totally shocked. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to make too much over that loss to Marquette, but I also look into it from this perspective, and I know the Friars have hung tough with. 
a team like UConn on the road, the top-ranked team in the country. But I still say without Bryce Hopkins, if I'm being honest, they're, they're not near the elite level. Like, they're not at the UConn Marquette. Or, and I know they'd be Creighton, too. Yeah. I think those three teams are better than Providence. I think if you add Bryce Hopkins to the Friars roster, that puts them much closer to or on their level. Oh, yeah. I think without them, it's, it, it, it has been a two-man game. And I know other guys have stepped up here and there, but it's, you know, it, it's a two-man game for them right now. So I just don't, you know, in terms of looking ahead and can they make a deep run of the tournament, I don't know if I see it with this team just because they they miss a guy like Hopkins. It, it I think it all it's always with the tournament. It depends on matchups too and who you're going to be facing. Um, you know, because the the metric actually that has kind of fallen off without Hopkins and Bill Koch tweeted this uh, earlier this week and it was really good in terms of the stats, it's the defense. Yeah. The defense has taken it taken a hit. The first 14 games of the year, you know, the Friars are still ranked. I think it's like top 50. You know, in in some of the defensive, defensive metrics, yeah. yeah. But the first fourteen games really put them up there. The last fourteen games, it it's been a bit of a struggle a because guys have had to take on sort of different roles. Right. Like like Ticket Gaines is doing his best, but he's guarding some fours, which is basically what what right. Hopkins was doing. And you know, Hopkins, it's it's a different role. It's right. a lot more to take on your shoulders. So you know, has Ticket made some? Damn good place. Yeah, the block at Xavier was one of the best plays of the season. Right. And that was fun. Um, you know, and what I love about this team is that they have not quit. They have not. They come at you. That's a tribute to Kim and his staff. This team plays hard. So, you know, that's one thing that you can take into March and say, you know, it's going to be tough to knock out the Friars is they're not going to stop coming. You know, this yep. team is not going to stop coming. So, you know, that gives you hope that they could make some sort of run. But it starts today. They've got to bounce back from not only the loss to Marquette, but, you know, be, what you said, Scott, they went down to Villanova. was one of their worst performances of the season. I think that's probably a fresh on their minds. I think it's obviously the Marquette losses too, but that, that loss to Villanova, I don't think they felt that they put their best product and their best shot out there and they want to try to prove something today. Bryant Bulldogs, they've got a, a game against uh, NJIT, but they're pretty much locked into the number three spot they are in, in America in. East. They so, are, yep. you know, I mean, it's really not much to say there. Let the tournament begin, and let's yep. see what the Bulldogs can do. Can they knock off a UMass Lowell and or a Vermont? That will be, you know, the big question for them if they want to go dancing again this year. It, it was uh, the UMass Lowell game the other night was tough. Um, you know, this was a big stretch for, for Bryant. It was UMass Lowell at Vermont and then at UMass Lowell. And they they dropped all three of those games, so they they took some shots here the last couple of weeks. Um, they've still got the talent to to make a run if they want to make a run. Um, it just became a little bit more difficult now because you're going to be going on the road most likely for you know two games to try to get to the NCAA tournament if you're able to get past your home quarterfinal right. game. So tough. And then the Rhodey Rams, uh, their struggles continue. You know at, at we saw some positive signs early, midway through the season, certainly at the beginning of conference play, the way they started. But uh, they've hit the skids a little bit here. And, and uh, Archie Miller and the Rams are, are searching for answers. They are. Um, it, it's, been, it's been tough at times this season. Um, Archie Miller was, was pretty honest yesterday. He has been all season. He's actually, you know, I give him credit, Scott, because I think Coach Miller has a really good pulse on – where his team's at, what it, what its struggles are. He's not going to fake it. He's not giving you coach speak. You know, I think 
Uh, Ian Steele was down there yesterday for us and, and basically said, like, hey, look, Archie, wanna, basically asked him, like, some of the fan base is, being, is, is impatient. They, they are looking at this toward the end of, of season two for you, and they're not seeing the improvements and all that. And Archie said, yeah, I, I know. I agree. You know, I believe me. We're, we're doing our best here, and, you know, it's, it's not good enough. We want to be where we want to be. Um, it's not getting there yet, but uh, we're going to continue to work. And, and so, I, I, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's not sugarcoating it. He's not giving you coach speak. He's honest and upfront of what the program is. Um, you know, the thing that I think you can take uh, comfort in is the fact that, you know, the, the Rams, with, with some of the players that you have on the, on the roster, they're young, so there's some young talent there. They're going to bring in some young talent. Uh, I think the two incoming recruits that they have are guys that they're very high on and I think can make an impact right away, uh, particularly a kid like Ben Hammond who's, you know, playing with a lot of good you know, high school talent, prep talent right now. Yep. Um, good point guard. I think they see him as a really great, you know, future roadie guard. So, um, you know, rebuilds are are painful, and, you know, it can happen. It's funny. If you look at the numbers, Scott, it's kind of eerily similar to Archie Miller's season two at Rhode Island and Dan Hurley's season two at Rhode Island. Oh, interesting. They had a – I think there was a – I think Rhodey's lost 10 of 12 right now with this season – there was a stretch in season two in the middle of Atlantic play where Hurley's team lost nine of 11. Yeah. And, and uh, BK said to me, Bill Koch said to me, there was a game where during the middle of that stretch or toward the end of that stretch that they were down 42-21 at halftime like they were at VCU the other night. It's freaky sometimes yeah, that happens. The only thing is, and because I do remember this vividly, when Dan Hurley took over, it, the, the effort and intensity and grit Turned out noticeable Absolutely. right away, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you knew you were, they might not win, but you were going to get great effort, maximum effort every night because that's the type of guy that Hurley is. That's the, you know, the, that's the way he wants his teams to play. Yeah. I haven't seen that out of this team. Like, like I knew he was no. building something. I, I, I knew he didn't have the talent, but I'm saying, okay, at the very least, whoever he has is going to play hard for him. Yeah. I haven't seen that on a consistent basis here, which is a little, little concerning. Uh, totally. No, t- absolutely. Um, you know, but I also say I, this is year two for Archie, but also in a sense, in some ways, it is a year one because they brought in 11 new guys. Yep. So I think next year is a key year. Next year is a key year because you're going to return some of the guys that you have on this roster. And, again, the incoming freshmen, the guys that you have there, the young talent, I think are what they believe can be a good future to this program. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to see where I think next year is a is a huge year. But, you know, if you're Rhode Island, try to finish the season strong. You know, try to finish the season strong, get off the schneid here. You know, you've got St. Louis today who has been who's really struggled in the A ten. Um, see what you can do finishing finishing out the schedule. You'll have Mason next week, which will be a good game. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you go down to New York, win a game. You know, go down to Brooklyn, win a game of the tournament, something like that. You know, you want to see those sorts of signs at the end of the season, try to finish on a high note. And then there's the NBA, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> wow, are they cruising along right now. They look like a wagon. 138 last night? 138 to 110 over a decent Dallas Mavericks team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, this team right now clicking on all cylinders, and I know we've said it all season long, and, and unfortunately for them it is the truth. They will be judged on how they fare in the postseason. I think it's championship or bust. 
I think at the very least, everybody believes they have to come out of the East because of the weakness of the Eastern Conference. But, man, this team's playing well. And I heard somebody breaking down their metrics earlier in the week, and they rank like top 10 all time and when you look at their offensive and defensive efficiency numbers uh you know it, it, so this team's been really impressive i i give them credit they, they, they're locked in right now they are locked in right now and i hope they can remain that way in the postseason when things change a little bit when the games get more physical they become a little bit more of a rock fight are they prepared to win that way It'll be interesting to see. But I think they've been willing to do more. They did it against Philly the other yeah, night. Yeah, like they've been willing, Scott. It's it's a it's a good sign. It's Even changed. last night I thought they were very aggressive to the rack. Yep, That's, I agree, Joe. It's a great thing, guys, because I think it, it shows not only the willingness of the players and the team to change a little bit, but where does that come from? It comes from the coach. And that's the most encouraging thing to me. Joe, the fact that, yeah. Joe is adapting. That, that Joe he realizes changing. it. Yep, yeah. and that's a great thing. Good for him because yeah. I think he wanted to implement, he wanted to put his stamp on this team. But I think Joe Mazzulla is looking at this and saying, no, nah, I think one of our strengths can be, you know, getting to the hoop and doing the things that they've been doing recently, and that's a great thing. I have a stat of the night, fellas. Let's hear it. I have a stat of the night because they beat the Dallas Mavericks and an old friend of ours last night. This is from the play-by-play man for the Celtics on the radio on the other station, Sean Grandy. After wiping his feet on the Celtics logo at the Garden during the 2021 playoffs, Kyrie Irving won his next game against Boston, Game 5 in Brooklyn. He hasn't won since. Nine straight losses, 0-4 in Boston. His last regular season win in Boston with fans, 2017 with the Cavs. The ghost of Red Auerbach is haunting Kyrie Irving, I and I love every single second of it. That's what you get, man, when you wipe your feet on Lucky. Don't mess with the C's, baby. I, I think Lucky collectively ashed his cigar on Kyrie when that, he did what, that. That is exactly what's going on. I saw that last night. I'm like, ah, oh, that's tremendous. That is great. All right, so we've got college and pro basketball on the table to start, but certainly if you want to talk about anything in sports, we're here for you. The phone number to call, 401-777-1037. I love the way you just said that. That was so comforting, Scott. We're here for you. We're here for you. <laughs> it's kind of like the Motel 6. We'll yeah, right. the light on. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 401-777-1037, the phone number. You can also send us your text if you'd rather not call. The text line is open at 37937. Quick update, uh, and then we'll come back with your phone calls. You're listening to Cordishy and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.